Olivia and Matilda are normal girls. They go to a normal school, they have the same dreams as their friends, but their life is about as far from normal as normal could be. Well, on a school day, we have our own alarms, we wake up by ourselves because mum's normally still like, in bed because... Um, she has trouble sleeping at night, so usually in the morning she's still asleep. Yeah, so um, I go, um, I get up and then I go into her room, I get our dog Ted. It can be really difficult if mum's really having like a low day and like say we've got some like important tests and normally I'm thinking about, oh, how's mum doing at home? Uh, is she okay? What if she's like really bad? Which kind of puts me a bit off focus, but then I know that mum would want us to like stop thinking about her and really Do think well. about our education. Along with the everyday usual things that young people do, in addition to homework, socialising, clubs and hobbies, on top of all the things normal children contend with, peer pressure, exams, study, growing and life in general, Olivia and Matilda are young carers. From the useful media company with funding from the Audio Content Fund, this is Are You Aware We Care? Episode 1. We begin this six-part series by asking a simple question. What is a young carer? We'll investigate this question more thoroughly over the coming weeks. But the definition placed into law in 2014 is explained here by Helen Ledbetter from the Children's Society. There is a definition um, outlined um, in the Children and Families Act, which is of um, anybody under the age of 18 who provides or intends to provide um, care for another person. The um, intends to provide element of that definition means that we need to be thinking um, ahead and providing early help and preventing young people from becoming young carers. And so um, so it's anybody really under the age of 18 caring for someone and that could include um, parents, siblings, grandparents, often young carers may uh, care for more than one person. Um, we forget sometimes that they may not live in the same household as the person that they care for. Um, if they're caring for, I don't know, for example, grandparent down the road um, or, um, or others as well. Um, and really they, they could be caring for somebody with um, any kind of physical or mental ill health needs, um, stigmatised illnesses um, such as parental mental illness. Um, we've uh, delivered programmes around young carers in families affected by HIV where the stigma really um, prevents them from kind of asking for help or telling anyone the, the needs that they have. Um, or somebody with um, alcohol and substance misuse issues, again, where there may be kind of stigma or secrecy around coming forward and asking for help. Midway through the pandemic, we caught up with Olivia and her sister Matilda over Zoom to find out how normal normal really was to them. Well, we've always really seen, like, caring as, like, normal, but... Um... Yeah, because, I mean, like, we, we've kind of had it our whole lives because we don't really know, like, a specific point where we started doing it more or anything. It's just kind of happened so when we were younger obviously our mum looked after us a lot more and then gradually as we all got older we just kind of ended up doing it on our own so we don't really know when the specific point it was well for me personally it's a bit of both because obviously I see mum every morning because they go and get Ted to take him out um and normally I'll be like oh yeah hi mum you're right today and she'll be like yeah or no and tell me what she's gonna be doing for the day and how she's really feeling but if it's like a bad day for her then obviously when I'm still gonna think about her like oh she's but home by herself and um but if she's like all right I'm just thinking about like I know going to school making sure I've got everything school is about the most normal thing a young person in the UK could do 
But for a young carer, attending school can be difficult because, despite being so young, the responsibility of being a carer comes first. You can't help but worry about what is going on at home, and this often has an impact on what happens in the classroom. So, what is the biggest concern for the sisters? Probably that mum's on her own, because it's the reason that we got our dog Ted, uh, because he's a therapy dog. Um, because we always go to school, our mum, our mum's at home alone, our dad's at work, all four of us girls are at school, so she's kind of like on her own. And obviously she has depression, so it's probably not a good thing that she's on her own. Um, we got him registered as a therapy dog, and he's so that like, mum can like take him places. So yeah. if she needs to like go into shops or anything, he can come. Mm, and he's like a small little multi poo, which a Maltese costing a toy poodle. So he's really small. He's two years old. He turned two last month. So. Yeah, he's perfect for mum. So a therapy dog is um, basically just there to make you feel comfortable. So if you want to talk to them, you can. Just stroke them and it's just supposed to make you feel calm. And um, I know experience like other therapy animals. Um, they're just like seen as like a service dog. So for people like depression. Um, anxiety. And anxiety, stuff like that. Dog can help because obviously they're your best friend. You can like they're there whenever you need them, and they like care about you. And I know there's such things like other um, therapy animals, but yeah, we got Ted registered because he's really helped Mum's depression. Well, before uh, we were going to somewhere, and then they'd be like, "Oh no, sorry, you can't have a dog in here. They need to wait outside." Um, but he can't wait outside because like he's there for a reason. Um, so before that, before he was registered, he was like in the process of being registered. So we couldn't actually have a reason for him to be in there. But at the same time, we kind of did, but he wasn't mm. exactly registered yet. So we would have to wait outside with Ted whilst mum mm. like went into the shop or something. Yeah, but now because he's registered, he has like, he wears this little top and it says therapy dog on the back and um, a lead that has like therapy dog on it. So it makes it a bit more aware. Whenever we saw mum like with him, she was just a lot happier. She's a lot happier because she is someone at home now when we're all at school. And Ted's like a little baby, like his best friend. At the age of just 13, the sisters never really switched their thoughts away from home. They always have part of their mind on mum's well-being. Never quite fully focused on school. It can be really difficult if mum's really having like a low day and like say we've got some like important tests and normally I'm thinking about oh how's mum doing at home, uh, is she okay, what if she's like really bad which kind of puts me a bit off focus but then I know that mum would want us to like stop thinking about her and really think well. about our education. Plus with homework and things, um, because I got a detention for not doing my homework, but dad was away at, for work for the week. So I was doing more at home. So then I kind of had to explain to my teacher and it was a bit weird because surely she should know. But I had to like explain to her that, yeah, things at home aren't the same as everybody else. And she didn't really give us a lot of time to do it, so I got detention, but I managed to explain to her. Yeah, they most know. of the teachers know, but obviously every year that you move, you have different teachers, and it's difficult to explain to every single one of them your situation, and, like, so they because can, like, understand have you have too. no idea. Yeah. You'd think that a young carer feels a sense of guilt, or even jealousy, that the life they have been given has more challenges than their friends. However, the unifying feeling from all young carers is the same. Well, I'd say we, we're quite proud honestly i like well it's just what we've grown up with so to us it's our normal so and whenever anybody's like curious or anything i have i don't care about telling them because frankly more people should know yeah and i'm like not ashamed of it i'm happy to talk about it like ask me questions about it i really don't mind because it's 
I know, it's just who I am. Over the last two decades, an incredible amount of work has been done by the Children's Society to raise awareness about young carers. But even now, some young carers still feel they're hidden from the world and even in some situations, have never even been heard of. The sisters told us how their friends, teachers and classmates view their situation. More students should know yeah. because um, I'll something will happen and then someone will ask me about it and I'll be like, oh, it's because I'm a young carer and then they'll be like, oh, I, d- I don't know what that is. Yeah, and um, also with like school, the way we found it is because it was like advertising the school planner, which I think is good. But obviously, like um, with New Year's, like New Year Sevens come on, and um, obviously they have no idea what that's all even about. So like, I feel like more people should talk about it. Yeah, because so a lot of students don't know what it is. They don't know what it is, and they might not know that they are a young carer themselves. Here's Helen Ledbetter, the lead for young carers from the Children's Society who has been campaigning for 20 years on behalf of the Hidden Army of incredible young people. She told us how the charity has been working with multiple sectors, including social services, schools and healthcare providers, to help them become more young carer aware. We deliver lots of training to professionals across all different sectors, such as kind of social services, social workers, schools, health workers, um, other kind of voluntary sectors, charities, community groups, um, diagnosis and treatment centres, um, to be thinking about being young carer aware. And it amazes me, but still many people um, aren't aware of who young carers are or that there are children out there providing care for somebody. Um, and really, to be asking the right questions um, in those places about who provides your care. So, for example, health services, um, your GP or your hospital or uh, wherever it is, your diagnosis and treatment centres may be the first place that families go to with ill health or disability needs if they need help. But actually, um, what we find is that um, health services may be least likely to identify young carers because they um, are focused, of course, upon the medical model or the care care for the person. Um, But by asking those kind of just key questions, you know, who lives with you, who provides your care, um, who helps look after you, and then referring on to social services or a young carers group, for example, could be the key kind of place to identify young carers. And yet, with all the campaigning, legislation and changes in law, some young carers still feel that more needs to be done to educate other young people about the work they do for the people they love. Olivia and Matilda told us about the lack of young carer aware topics in their personal development days. So personal development day we have at school every so like every two like month or like two a month where basically we um, stay in our tutors and we go around classrooms every day to um, learn about things to do with life and political views like knife crime, drugs and alcohol. Yeah, we take um, like a step away from normal education such as like maths and English and we focus on things that could potentially help us in life. And, social things. Um, obviously help young people to understand some things that like adults go through such as like voting and what everything means and how everything works and young carers would be good to It'd be helpful if that, that was added. Because like I said, with when like New Year 7s come every year um, they Even the have, current students, yeah. they just don't know about um, it and, and it would be beneficial if they did. 
because, like I said, some people might not potentially know that they are a young carer themselves. And I feel like everyone should, like, at least know how to understand it. Yeah, because even uh, if they don't know and you explain it, they still don't really fully understand it because they've never had to do it themselves. They've never heard about it. So even if you just explain it that one time, they don't fully understand. The life of a young carer is filled with ups and downs. Every day brings a different set of emotions and challenges. Well, personally, whenever I talk to my friends and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I cooked my own dinner last night. They'd be like, really? You do that? And I'd be like, yeah, Yeah, I do it sometimes. I feel like we have a lot more life skills than Mm. most people our age. Yeah, and, like, obviously just cleaning the house, doing our chores. Like, we know that every other kid has chores, but, like, say, me and Olivia, we tidy, like, the whole living room. Like, we do a lot of chores. We do, like, potentially a bit more. And, like, our sister Eve, she does the washing. And people are like, oh, yeah, my mum always does the washing. Like, that's a bit weird people your age some people our age don't even make their lunch and when i found that out i was gobsmacked i was so confused Very shocked. well um we certainly get a lot more yeah, jobs as we've gotten older we like understand it more and we can like properly look after easier. ourselves and mum doesn't like really have to worry about she's like oh yeah make sure you've had your dinner or can we just make sure like the place is tidy but we have some additional jobs but like, like we yeah. cook more for ourselves because usually dad cooks like tea like, but yeah. obviously if he's not here we'll do it when mum when we were younger mum was um more sprightly if that makes sense she was a lot more active yeah. but as the years have gone on obviously she's um not been as if that makes sense not been as like active or anything a bad day with mum uh she won't get out of bed she'll, she'll probably sleep yeah. for the whole day because trouble sleeping at night um she won't want to talk to anyone she'll hardly ask for like any help with anything and she'll be like oh yeah can you take ted downstairs make sure like he goes out and stuff and keep him down there because, sometimes she'll need yeah. less help because she's not doing anything or sometimes she'll need more help with like oh yeah, yeah. can you help me with this like while she's just like in bed yeah I know that sometimes when she's down, I always think like, oh yeah, was it something I've done? Is there something I could maybe like cheer her up with yeah. if it's not me? And sometimes, you know, I just kind of go up to her and like give her a hug if I can like see that she's having a bad day. Yeah, because when she has bad days, it's, sometimes it's just that day. Sometimes it could be weeks, sometimes it could be months. Because mm. sometimes she'll have like a few months where she's yeah. having a down period, but there'll be like one or two good days yeah, in between. The route of being identified is different for every young carer. The school the sisters attend had five years previously put an advert for young carers in their older sister's school logbook. Mum read the advert and the penny dropped. Mum was just looking through her planner, read it and thought, oh, they're probably young carers because we had no idea. Yeah, it was We normal. thought that it was just normal. We thought everyone did stuff yeah, like that. And mum saw in the panel like late 2016, I think, it might be 2015. But so when our older sister was yeah. in year seven, she's in year 11 now, so it was about five years ago. Yeah. Once she found out that she was, we all went, and then we started going to young carers outside of school. And we were just kind of like looking at ourselves and comparing ourselves to our friends. And we, I, I know that I asked them, I was like, do you do this at home? And they're like, no, I don't really do that. And I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, because um, someone from young carers came into our uh, school because me and Matilda were still in primary school at this time. And uh, we got pulled out of lesson. We were asked some questions and it was kind of like a mini quiz in a way. Mm. Well, it wasn't really like a quiz. It was it just was like some questions. And then they were like, yeah, like young, young carers. carers. And then they put us on the programme. Young carers groups are a place where those who have been identified can find support. 
They are social gatherings where young people in similar circumstances can share experiences and perhaps for the first time meet others with a care responsibility. Some groups are run by the local authority, some by charities like the YMCA and some by the school. When we first joined, it was uh, very social. And then um, uh, about a few years ago or something, they introduced like the programme where it was like, you did a lot more yeah. um, but I activities know- in a way. Yeah. So it was like, um, you talked more about like mental health. We did a lot more like things to do with that. Um, but I know that, like, going to like, the program and stuff, it's nice to, like, relate to people your age as well. And you could talk to them and you could, like, understand one another a lot more because, obviously, your friends, like, outside of Young Carers, they obviously haven't really got anything to really do with it. But finding, like, new friends that can relate to you and you both understand each other and you can both kind of, like, go through it together, kind of. We probably wouldn't have even, like, known... And we've just, like, gone on life without actually knowing, like, a part about yourself that you've, like, never really knew. Well, both of our sisters have... Both of our older sisters have moved on from the programme. But they're still um, affected by it because, obviously, like, they went through the whole programme, they understand it, and me and Matilda are still on the programme. We sent a microphone to the girls to record thoughts and feelings as they wished. Here they are, talking openly about their situation with the person they care for, their mum. Do you find that people ask, how is your mum first before asking after your well-being? As young carers, do you feel that sometimes you should be the focus or other concerns? Well, it depends who you're talking to because sometimes to my close friends, um, they'll like ask how I am and then like ask how things are at home. But it honestly depends who you're talking to because yeah, if you're talking to relatives or anything, they'll ask how you are just to be polite and then they'll be like, oh, how's your mum and like family, friends, things like that. Mm. relatives or do you mean people in a close circle of yours so pastoral care at school like you said your friends um aunties uncles mims or do you find that people outside of the bubble will ask you how you're doing because they don't know about mum uh, yeah, so people, like, outside who I, like, rarely talk to are not really that close to, but, like, still people that I know at school, like, first our conversation, they'll always ask me how I am because they don't know that I'm a young carer. So do you find that because people don't know your situation at home, they'll ask well, no, you? No, because um, even if they do know, they'll just ask me to be polite. Friends actually care, and when they ask you, they're actually concerned about you because, like, they obviously know about you. But it's not really their main concern because they're more friends with me, if that makes sense. And they don't know a lot about you. But um, if it's, like, relatives that aren't in, like, your immediate family, they'll obviously ask how I am because, obviously, they're family and stuff, and then they'll ask how you are. Okay, and what do you find about people that do know about Mummy? Well, with my friends that do know about you, if they... They normally can see if I'm having, like, a hard time. They'll be like, oh, yeah, how are things at home? Or normally just talking, they'll ask me how I am and be like, oh, yeah, how um, how are things at home? Because obviously they know about you and I've spoken to them about you and they understand everything. OK, so you feel quite happy that you're not sidelined. People do actually care about yeah, how you do. Yeah. Whether it's, like, they're actually concerned or it's, like, they're just being polite. But I think mostly just have, like, they ask about you if they're in your close friends. Other people, like, outside of like the bubble that you refer to is just they should ask you how you are because they don't know anything 
about it. Okay. And do you find that you will only tell people you trust about being a young carer? Or are you quite happy just to discuss it with anybody you're chatting to? I'm happy um, to discuss anything with anyone to say that I am a young carer. But, like, going into, like, proper depth of it obviously will take, like, a while explaining all, like, the problems that you suffer from and stuff like that. But I'm happy to talk about being in carer and if they ask any questions, I honestly don't care because... It's so just will you ask me. them openly and honestly then? You won't tend to change the subject? You're, no, not really. You're quite confident. Yeah, I don't really yeah, care to talk if, about it because who I am. Know. And what about you, Livia? Do you find that you will open up or do you keep your cards close to your chest? Well, I don't uh, go out and say it. Like, I don't bring it up. But if they bring it up, I'm happy to talk about it because it seems a bit weird if I bring it up, if that makes sense. Yeah, right. I'm saying. Okay, so you don't, wait, you don't want to make the situation all about you. You'll yeah. only come yeah. on to you if you Because that asked. would be weird. But if, they, but if they want to know and they ask questions or anything, I'm happy to answer them. And do you find that some of your friends will actually ask you what Young Carers is about and what you have to do on a daily basis? Or is it just... How are you doing? How's mum? And they leave it at that. Mm, well, it depends how long you've known them and how much they know and things like that. Okay. But I know with my friends, they already know, like, everything because I've explained it to them. And they're like, oh, yeah, cool. Or like, oh, yeah, what are you doing now? How are things? Okay. Like that. But they, I've already really explained it to them that, like, we have different things. And when I say, like, oh, yeah, I cooked my own dinner last night, they'll be like, oh, okay, so I take it, um, like, your dad's not home or mum's not feeling very well. And then I'll be like, yeah. And then they'll normally ask me, like, oh, if things, like, are bad, then you can talk to me and stuff like that. So oh, that. that's nice that they can always say, you can talk to me if, you know, if you need me. That's lovely. Yeah. That shows that you've got quite a good group of people around you. So that's good. That makes me happy. Yeah. Because, you know, I know that that you are okay. Because sometimes it does feel like I'm burdening you. It it feels like you can't be like your friends. Because well, it's not really a burden because we don't know any different. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really positive way of looking at it. You know, I've never thought about like, it's it. It's just way. life. But all right, then, let me put it a different way. If you were having a hard time of it at school, you were having a hard time of it with your friends, but you knew that um, mum was having a really, really bad time of it and I was having a really bad low, my pain levels were through the roof, in and out of hospital, would you feel confident to come and talk to me? Yeah. Yeah? yeah? Always. Okay. Well, that's good. That gives me... That well, makes me really happy. Well, if I know that you had a lot more things on your mind, I'd probably speak to like one of the girls or one of my close friends or like even dad. But but if it was really bad, would you come to me? Yeah. Yeah? You'd feel the Depends same. Depends on how I'm feeling. Like if it was really, really bad, then obviously I'd always come to you. But if you were also in a bad situation, I'm thinking about it going, there's other people that can help me. And if you're going through a rough time, then I can also go to them if they're not happening. So you'd think about the situation first? Yeah. So I think about how I'm feeling, what's going on with you, and then I decide what I'm doing. It really depends. Okay. Okay. But that was my question. They do feel confident coming to me, so it's good. So you're quite happy. You can talk openly and honestly and everyone will always ask how you're doing first. Yeah. Yeah, more often than not. Brilliant. Thank you very much, girls. Love you both lots. Love you too. Once a year, under normal circumstances, the YMCA Fairphone Group and the Children's Society 
Johnny organised a weekend event for 2,000 young carers to come together for a few days away from their adult responsibilities. The festival, which normally takes place over the last weekend of June, is an opportunity for young people to talk, to share ideas, to take place in conversations that have shaped the future for young carers. The festival, since its inception in 1999, has influenced change and actually changed the law surrounding young carers. It's also a great opportunity to have a lot of fun. Here's Jenny Frank, MBE. Peter Cooper from YMCA Fairthorne Manor at the time and myself at the Children's Society, um, we'd been running small group activities um, at Fairthorne Manor for young carers and we wondered if young carers living in Yorkshire or Cornwall or uh, Birmingham were experiencing the same issues or if they might be different. So we thought that we would have um, a consultation weekend to get, let's say, 100 young carers together to see if the issues were the same across the country. Consultations sounded boring, so we decided that the young people might like to have a festival so they could have downtime and celebrate as well as having their views heard. So we anticipated to have about 100 turn up and the first festival was over 600 young people. We'll hear more from Jenny and how she was instrumental in identifying young carers and how she sparked worldwide change later in the series. The sisters attended their first festival in 2019, the last one before the pandemic, and they found it both surprising and overwhelming. There were a lot of people there and I didn't realise how many people were in the same situation as me because I was quite shocked to be fair and there were loads of activities that you could do there was there was even like rock climbing things like that just like let loose the festival ends each year with a song especially remixed with some of the young people's voices and thoughts the year Olivia and Matilda attended closed with this set to the song by Calvin Harris that perfectly describes a young carer giant Memories. Unity. Wondrous. Responsible. Phenomenal. Friendship. At home, it's quite stressful. It feels sometimes a bit overwhelming. Growing up is tough, even more so for young carers. Our lives are intense. We bear incredible responsibilities on our shoulders, but we're strong enough together to crush boulders. We don't have to hide our emotions. We can throw down our guard because here, at the Young Carers Festival, we are giants and freedom is ours. I just love looking after people and I'm just a loving and caring person. There's things like homework and stuff and teachers don't understand that young carers can't exactly do a lot of homework very quickly. Meet loads of new people, don't be scared, everybody's the same. It's just allowed me to make a lot more friends. what everyone does because we're not all the same so we all go through different stuff. I never really get to go out with my friends so this is amazing. Imagination. It makes me feel proud. I am a giant.
who helped me and made it the better time. It's really difficult. It's constantly on your mind. When you're in school, you're thinking, what, what's my mum doing right now? Or how is my sister or whoever you look after? It's constantly worrying you. It only happens once a year, and you really do have the time of your life here. It means a lot because it gets people who have to care for other people meet others with some similar experiences. Incredible. Fantastic. Legendary. Inspiring. Hope. Unique. Astonishing. Creative. Thoughtful. Fabulous. Inspirational. It's been very enjoyful. I feel like it's a nice experience for me because I don't normally get to go out as much. I think it's amazing because you get a break. You can relate to people here. You find friends. It's great because it's like you can see so many people that are going through the same situation or close to your situation and they're all going through the same thing. I've met so many nice people. Know that this is like the safe place that we can just sort of be ourselves and not have to worry about anything. It means that I can have a bit of respite and it means I can meet new friends who are like me and meet different people and see what their experience has been like being a young carer. I think they're all equally inspirational because every story is unique and different. I've loved meeting everybody and seeing like this people like me and that I'm not alone. We're people too. Keep going and have hope. In the next episode we meet Charlie, a young adult carer who began caring at a very young age. We'll hear his story and more. If you think you know someone who might be a young carer or would like to find out more about young carers, visit youngcarer.com where you'll find lots of useful information and advice.